The Athletic. Exciting time. Exciting from the for you, maybe. Not with me trying to drive with that racket going on. <laughs> yes. Welcome to From the Recruit, a podcast brought to you by The Athletic. It's about a life following Watford Football Club. And, well, we're following Watford Football Club away for the first time in over f- it's about 550 days. My name is John. With me in the car as we drive down the uh, M23 uh, is Michael. Hello, John. And in the back is Arlo. He's on his uh, phone and uh, being beautifully quiet. It's an away game, Michael. It's been a long, 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 long time. And I love away games for many reasons. One, it can make a loss not seem so bad and a win even better than it would at home. I don't know if it's because I've made this commitment of my time to travel somewhere. We've had a good time in the car now, having a chat about the world and putting it all to rights. Uh, hopefully by the time we get to Brighton that will all be sorted uh, but the, the way game experience for me is always a good one I can always find the good in it absolutely away days are just different aren't they you are you I always wake up excited on a match day but when you know you're going to an away ground and you've got that possibility that that 500 1500 2000 3000 of you is going to nick into that ground pinch the three points and head back home however no matter how many miles it is is always such a tantalizing prospect but similarly like you say John I think it's it's the adventure isn't it that means that if you do lose it's not disastrous I guess the exception is if you're playing our friends up the M1 but yeah it's just kind of got nothing left nothing to lose if you do it properly if you know you're with your mates uh, the away fans are always noisier and there's always, like I said, that tantalising prospect of, of pinching three points. And for me in particular, I was incredibly lucky to be at, at all Watford's home games last season. But yeah, I haven't been in for a, to an away game for, I think it's 570, was it? We said it was. Yeah. Villa, Villa away was my last game, away game. So for me to have all these feelings come flooding back, which I guess you know, other people had last week for the, for the football, and an away game means for me I'm not working, so... I can get the old vocal cords going, get a few songs going and uh, let the ref know what I think about him a bit more freely than I might ordinarily. <laughs> uh, brilliant. It's just great to be back on the road. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yeah, we're going to be like, we're going to do this podcast as, as the day unfolds. What are our way day diaries? It's been a while since we've done them. Uh, and hopefully we're going to bump into loads of people that we know at the ground and catch up with them. Last week was uh, you know, fantastic and emotional to be back at Vicarage Road. Um, but hopefully we're going to, you know, it's, it's a different experience to go away from home uh, and hopefully catch up with a fair few of those. Have a catch up after the game with uh, WD18's uh, Jacob Coleshaw. We can talk about the game of football we're about to go and see and figure out who is our new favourite Watford player but we've still got a little bit of time to go uh, and of course a trip to the Amex we've had plenty of good and plenty of bad uh, when it comes to that, that ground so we'll see which one uh, we get today but I'm very positive very positive about this game Mike you know last week yes it was a win yes it was a great performance but it was the it was one of those performances as we said we, you know, we can 
we can capitalise on this and, and use it in the next couple of months almost if it's that good a performance uh, and are you, are you looking forward to today? I am, I'd definitely take a point I think, I think that would represent a brilliant start to the to the season you've got to remember that Brighton had a great result away at Burnley, turned things around there so Brighton are no mugs as we know but yeah it's impossible not to come into it feeling excited and and positive really after such a, a bullying, impressive display against Aston Villa and like you say there John if we can somehow get something out of this this game if we won it for example I can't help think about if we won it that would be a huge huge step towards setting an amazing foundation for for the rest of this season six points in the bag already would be you know almost unspeakably good um I look forward to listening back to this and thinking how (laughs) how stupid I sound when we've lost lost 3-0 and we're all worried again but that's what away days are all about isn't it the, the promise and the possibility but if we were to get something from it great start to the season isn't it and now here we are outside the Amex on a lovely not really uh, Saturday evening and uh, Watford 2-0 to the bad away at, at Brighton Michael we're joined by Jacob good evening Jacob Good evening, John. Good evening, Mike. Jacob, of course, from uh, the WD18 YouTube channel. Arlo's still here as well, just. Just. He had a bit of a wobble, didn't you, halfway, halfway through that first half. You weren't best impressed, were you? Can you describe your mood after that second goal went in? I was crying. Stormed off. And what else did you do? You. Just... Oh, I took my shirt off because yeah. I was so furious. But the fact that a pro football player was giving it away like that, that's just poor. Right, well, let's get on to that then. Should we just end it there? Yeah, it, it, it is. The, the, the two goals, Mike, the first one, he found space. I, I, I found trouble trying to find someone to, to blame who was not doing their job. It came after pressure, didn't it? I think Brighton were the best team from, from, the, from the first kickoff, and I think it became very apparent very quickly. They were doing to us what we did to Villa last week in terms of controlling the midfield. And I think Atebo looked a completely different player without Kushka next to him. And we looked very, very soft, effectively, in, in midfield, which meant the ball was, you know, Brighton had time on the ball. They were composed. They weren't massively threatening, but what they were doing was using, using the ball intelligently, getting it out wide and asking all the questions of Watford. And it felt like they were building up a head of steam. Uh, and yeah, they, ultimately they got that corner. Shane Duffy, you know, we know that Brighton are going to be a, a problem from, from set pieces and from corners. And Shane Duffy, yeah, he, he won the header and powered it into the, to the top corner. I think probably there was, he got in between, um, I think it was Messina and I'm not sure who else was there. Perhaps it was Loser, I think, perhaps. Yeah, It was Cathcart's man initially. And then he lost him and then Cavasale and um, Loser were picking up the pieces, I think, if I can remember correctly. But it had been coming, quite frankly, and what was going to be interesting then was how Watford dealt with it. And I think the answer was not particularly well, really. I think with, with that, without the protection of that really, really solid, combative, aggressive midfield that we saw against Villa, I felt quite badly exposed, really, in that, um, uh, in that first half. And unfortunately, we'd said it time and time again last season with, with Truce de Kong, He's been great for us in a number of ways. He's obviously a great bloke. I think he's great to have around the ground. His distribution, all too often, has been appalling. And I mentioned it last year in the Championship. We got away with, I would say, probably 10 to 12 misplaced passes in the Championship. If he did it in the Premier League, would have been goals. Stone-cold goals. And he did it today. He sold, I think it was cleverly short. Yeah. 
he cleverly got his, his, his back pocket pickpocketed. No, 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 no problem for cleverly. It wasn't his fault. It was just an absolutely abhorrent ball out. And if you're going to play out against Brighton, who press, 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 and are incredibly organised, you've got to get it right. And he didn't. And unfortunately, we knew that was coming from from Troost. We know that he can do that. He did it. It was two 0 in the in the blink of an eye. Brighton, good for their good for good to be ahead. They deserve to be ahead. Don't get me wrong. We Watford didn't settle at all. But to give it away like that is incredibly frustrating and it will be a, a really good wake-up call. You cannot do that in this division. If you've done that at Brighton, who are a good say, you know, no disrespect to Brighton, but if you think we've got to go to Tottenham with Son and, and, and perhaps Kane and, and then Liverpool, you don't need me to list the teams we've got to play. <laughs> we've been in the Premier League before, Michael. We know the big boys and everything goes, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Jacob, for, for you, that, that first half, it, 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 you know, was there any... Well, no, not positive. Like where, the where? Was good. Yeah, the <laughs> it was tuneful. The halftime whistle. What, what is it you get from that first half, if if anything, in terms of not let's say I don't want to say this like what was bad, but where our weaknesses are, because it's always good to know where your weaknesses are, because then they're the things you can work on. I echo everything Mike said, and I don't want to kind of be just licking up Mike's arse <laughs> But but look, the big thing for me today, John, was the lack of progression from midfield. I mean goodness gracious me the amount of straight passes the lack of movement off the ball I mean that ultimately led to the second goal and look we can look at Truce the Kong but the movement in midfield was non-existent uh, and that, that's not good enough and the best players ultimately are wanting the ball when it's going against them and Watford didn't do that today the midfield was pretty much non-existent we didn't have a lot of progression through the midfield I just think that we lacked simply a little bit of intensity and we were outcoached um, unfortunately um, look I think Cisco Munoz showed, maybe showed his naivety a little bit today um, when you play you say that but then you say, we, we, we've all said the midfield was the worst bit no arguing from that it was on live television I think everyone else will, would, who knows a bit about football say what for the midfield was shocking there was nothing he could do and actually he was almost forced to play that as a midfield especially after last week you know he made one change and it was a straight swap for injury but in the midfield, what else could he have done? You know what? It wasn't in terms of the starting lineup because I'll, I'll be completely honest. That was the lineup yeah. I would have gone for. So I don't have a go with him about that. I think he was a little bit slow to change the system. For me, I would have gone to a three at the back. We looked a lot better with a three at the back. I think, um, I think it's easy to to do that to make that when the game is kind of up. Where exactly. it went for, what fifteen exactly. minutes to go, and it's kind of you're going. <laughs> it started. It started. Uh, a couple of Brighton fans very pleased with themselves. <laughs> Walking past saying, sack the manager. Fantastic work there, fellas. Really, really top draw stuff. <laughs> Can you come on next week? No. no. Um, I think it's, he, I thought he did the right thing at half time. Yeah. And I think, you know, Imran Loser will probably not feel great about his debut. I thought the, the game passed him by. I think it was a bit of a thankless task for him to come, come in and play the same role as, as Kushka did last. Uh, Kushka, Kushka, whatever we're calling him. God, God I miss you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, him to come in, we all I think we all said, anyone talking before the game said he's not that type of player, so it's going to be difficult for him to do it. But quite frankly, I thought the game passed him by a little bit and the, the precious little protection in front of, uh, in front of the defence and precious little, as Jacob said, winning the ball and moving it forward. I think what's telling, I think, when Watford are ticking, Ismail Assar's got paint on his boots from hugging that touchline. And very, very early on, he was coming, looking for the ball, coming deeper and deeper to try and find it to make things happen. And I think we have to give a lot of credit to Brighton. They are, they are a very, very good side. They press, they press, they press. They're organised. They, I thought they defended magnificently. Um, 
so a really good side but what was frustrating was that we just conceded it in the in the first half and I would counter Jacob's point a little bit I thought he did took loser off at half time and brought Hernandez on which is bold uh, and we had a good good little spell of pressure didn't we and I thought we started to look we asked a few questions not enough evidently but he did and then he he sort of periodically changed it up and he did make the changes ultimately then going to three at the back for the last last hurrah what we can see from that game is we've got a wealth of attacking options I thought Hernandez looked bright when he came on King looked bright when he came on Dennis can obviously do stuff Saar we know all about so we've got plenty going forward I think it's how we protect our back four which we've seen today again can be wobbly the sooner I think we can get Sierra Alta back in um, you know there's question obviously question marks over and Gakia at right back he hasn't featured it's been Craig Cathcart again who you know doesn't really ever do much wrong well, my favourite moment of the entire game was looking out there onto the onto the sideline and there's Craig Cathcart, Cathcart. <laughs> wanting to be an outlet I went, I've never I never imagined ever seeing Craig Cathcart hugging the, the uh, sideline he does make the question though where, where's Ngakia in all of this I mean I don't think it's a great message to send to him playing an out of position centre back at right back I think we missed Kiko today having that support for Sarah, as Mike says, you can't really blame Cathcart. The Northern Irish Caffrey has done a good, decent job over the last last season or so. I think you're right. I think that that does pose it shows tells me that they don't think Ngaki is well, that's, ready. Well, no, but is it, is it ready or is it that's not the system we want to play? Well, no, you know, we don't want to play right wing backs. Well, is it, well, I don't know. That's the thing. Is he is he not a right back? He's more of a, a wing back, and they want to have that sort of defensive head. They want to have that bit more defensive thinking back four. Yeah, potentially, but I, I also think if you've got an, an out-and-out right-back who's comfortable in that position, you play a right-back, regardless of what you think of them. I think it's unfair, actually, to play Cathcart in that position, unless you're desperate, let's be honest. Okay. We, said, we had the same with Mariapa, we had that whole dilemma, and he did a great job, but you shouldn't be having to play Craig Cathcart in that position. I'm not going to slate Cathcart today because he wasn't at fault for any of the goals, but that's, that's, that's the fact of the matter. And I think looking ahead to the Spurs next week, I think Cisco Munoz has to be ruthless and it's going to be a test for him. Does he take out Truce de Kong? Because as, as Mike said, that was, a, that was a hospital pass today. To put Tom Cleverley under that sort of pressure was pretty much criminal. Uh, you, you've got to bring in Francisco Sierra I think we've, we've got to be reactive now. I've got to be proactive um, at this point. Sierra I'd bring into the back line. We've got the game against Crystal Palace in the week, which is a good sort of... There's a lot of players who haven't played many games or many minutes. Even him, he can go and play two games in a week. We've seen him do it many times in the Championship. And yeah, there's an international break straight away afterwards. I do want to pick up before we move on too much, though. And I, I think we've, we've dug out Truce for his, for his misplaced pass. But that was a hallmark of the entire side, yeah, yeah. really. And I think, you, you, again, I don't want to be sort of too um, sympathetic to the Watford performance. But the way Brighton press, you don't get any, any time or space. And so, but there was a number of Watford players who all too often weren't hitting their man with their, and they weren't mass, they weren't long range passes. They weren't trying to pick them out from 40, 50 yards. This was passing, you know, standard stuff that we we weren't getting right. And how much of that's down to Brighton? How much of that's just down to a poor performance? But I, the question for me is that mid, you know, that centre mid area. If we didn't have Alpha, we've got Chalabar and Hughes. It looks like Hughes is, is very much on his way out. Chalabar, not quite sure. Maybe it's a t- toss of a coin whether he's going to hang around. You'd think not. Um, because well, they, Technically, there were five centre midfielders that couldn't play today. Those two, Gosling, Kuchka and Ozan Tufan, who isn't quite ready and able to play for Watford. There's technically five. 
who we couldn't pick from. And there definitely was no one on the bench who was going to come on and, and you know, try and solidify things. But as a supporter, that's quite difficult to take, isn't it? That you're having to see a system work so ruggedly and well last week. I'd be probably caught Villa a bit cold. I think they probably underestimated what they were coming into, to be perfectly honest. Watford got off to a flying start and Villa never recovered. But for, for us, having seen that and to see us dominate in the midfield, and we know we've got the personnel in the building in various places it, yes it's a, it's a difficult situation for a range of reasons but it, it doesn't stop it being frustrating does it second game in the in the Premier League campaign big opportunity here to you know nick a point and that is a tremendous start to the season it really does build on last week as it is it's been a quite a chastening afternoon uh, and a decent reminder as to how difficult this is is going to be but it does it feels like a little opportunity missed for me and there's a little niggling doubt about that's frustrating. We shouldn't be sticking square pegs in round holes at, at this yeah. stage necessarily. You know, these changes were made. We saw more more forwards on a on a Watford pitch than I've ever seen or I haven't seen for a very long time. <laughs> Wasn't it forty five at the end? Or something? <laughs> yeah, be crazy like that. If he had more subs, I reckon it would have been even higher up front. But what do you take from that, Jacob? Not just say the next game, but but sort of a longer term look at what that might look like. You know, we were into the front line. Yeah, we were all excited about Dennis. And Ishmaela, they weren't getting that sort of support that they needed to, to do what they wanted to do. That's one possibility for the future. But the fact that you saw you know, Kucho coming on for more time than last week, Josh King just looked like a centre-forward. Yeah, agreed. And the minute Deeney came on, he knew he was going to just do centre-forwardy things. You know, yeah. what do you, do you, can you see anything sort of forming in front of you for what that front line might be? I think you made a good point about Dennis. He's actually probably one of the positives of today. I think his hassling and harrying off the ball was actually a real positive for me because when the chips were down and we weren't playing good football, he was the only one in that front line. Maybe Sarah as well, but particularly in the spine of the team, he was really getting after the Brighton defence. In terms of how we're going to shape up it, look, we know Cisco Munoz prefers a 4-3-3. We know Sarah's going to play on the right-hand side. Then it opens up the option of who do you play down the middle. Now, I really like Emmanuel Dennis, but potentially today you needed someone against a back three who could drop a little bit deeper. Jao Pedro probably would have been your man. Troy Deeney could have been your man. And Josh King looked good when he came on. So I don't think it was Emmanuel Dennis's game, and that's not his fault particularly because he's a player who likes to run in behind. So in terms of going to Spurs next week, we're going to have less of the ball again. And I think it'll be similar to that today. So potentially Cisco Munoz maybe needs to look at it and go, maybe play a Troy or a Josh King give us a bit more of a focal point up front and as I said I just want to reiterate that's not Dennis's fault at all I just don't think yeah, that's his yeah. sort of game and in terms of the left hand side it opens up because for the first time I've seen Semmer play as a central midfielder look I don't know if I'm really a fan of that as, yeah. as Mike says it's, it's but that, <laughs> no. that, that's another square peg well, so I don't what, what quite a shape peg that is but it's a Ken Semmer peg and it didn't fit in that hole exactly. perfectly again with the lack of options we have also the dilemma with with Cucho because I, you know, I've discussed it with Sam on, on, on my channel and we've said is he better off the bench as an impact sub or starting him through the middle and I liken it to, to Grealish with England because everyone was saying Grealish start him start him start him but actually Grealish was incredibly effective off the bench that Germany game if you cast your mind back to it against tied legs yeah. Grealish played the ball through uh, and then Kane got the header right mm. so Cucho I almost think has a similar effect where he can stop start stop start but also, we looked a different team when he was on the pitch. The way he draws defenders in, the movement, the ways. There's almost a little bit of an arrogance about him that he wants to try any sort yeah. of ball. It could be over the top, it could be with his left foot, his back heel, his outside of the foot. He could do anything. And I think that's the thing with Kucho. He's so bright and so innovative as well. So, look, I think potentially for Spurs next week, we're going to have less of the ball. I'd maybe look to start Josh King or Troy Deeney. 
And I think Kucho deserves an opportunity. Look, he's come off the bench twice and put in good performances. So at what point do you have to go, he needs to be rewarded with a start? So, look, I think Watford, as, as Mike said, have got a lot of talent in that attacking line. It's a huge positive because I think there was what the goal was offside. Josh King, yeah. I think, showing his ring rustiness, I think, just delayed his pass. I'm not quite sure how offside he was. I wasn't. I, was he miles off? I, he was obviously offside, <laughs> but he just delayed the, delayed the pass that that split second too long. But it was a lovely work move, and it came off the back of Watford building up a, a head of steam in a and and they were an attacking threat. Brighton did have to defend well to keep us out there, throwing their bodies in. But there was good shape, there was good movement, they were getting it wide, getting into the box, and there was lots. I thought everyone that came on from an attacking point of view did themselves good. Yep. I think Hernandez did exactly what everyone hoped he would do coming on at half-time. Well, no, I want him to score a goal after 50, well, yeah. 48 <laughs> seconds rather than 49 seconds. That's what I wanted. A hat-trick would have been, would have been better, so if you're listening, Kucha, come on. But I thought, and I think that would have done King good. He's obviously not been fit, but to come on and feel part of the side. And whilst that, go- that goal was offside, he would have, you know, he, it clicked. Mm. There was a move there that came off, unlocked, unlocked the Brighton defence, and Deeney won a header which you know, narrowly wide mm. so they all showed that from an attacking point of view we have got good players and perhaps if we were worried about King weren't, weren't sure where he was at weren't sure what Hernandez is going to be like weren't sure what Den- Emmanuel Dennis all players who have been hot and cold in their careers we've, we're only talking two games in and we, we've effectively been not thrashed but we've been sorted out today really yeah. so let's not get carried away but on another day we definitely nick one and if you nick one with 75 minutes to go 10 minutes to go very very different game and, and we weren't out of it so I think the way those, those, all those attacking players did themselves no, no harm at all From the Rookery End a podcast about life following Watford FC So we've, we've seen two games of football Jacob uh, and we now you now officially because we're recording this and we'll publish this <laughs> who is your new favourite Watford player? Ooh, that's a big question <laughs> It's a big question John <laughs> He's got to be Kucho Hernandez, isn't it? <laughs> it's the blonde hair, it's the kind of confidence. I mean, the celebration, wasn't it, last week? It was almost like a statement that I've arrived. Yeah. You waited three years for me, here I am. No, I think it's got to be Kucho Hernandez. But look, another player that I think potentially just kind of faded out the game a little bit today was Peter Etterburn. I like him. I, I think there's potential with him against Aston Villa where I thought quite a combative midfielder in there, technically good. He's kind of got that, that physique where you put, he puts his bum into a player and he, you can't get around him. He's kind of a human shield. I like Peter Etterburn but I think Cucho Hernandez is probably my favourite player at the moment. I think he's particularly the younger fans as well. There's just something about him. There's a bit of an aura. I think he's almost what we thought Penyaranda was going to be. Yeah. I'm going to be completely honest. When Penyaranda arrived we thought this is the guy the bleached hair. You know, We saw him at the, the copper. Um, sorry the under 20 championships thought, this is the guy he's going to be going to take us to the next level but Cucho he's almost like a, an Aguero 2.0 when you watch him and his build and everything but no I think he's, he's the guy to look out for this season and I'd love to see more of him more of him this campaign Yeah, you watch out for people who dye their hair blonde it can, it can be good <laughs> Mr Nathaniel Chalabar knows what happens when you dye your hair wrong I dyed my hair blonde once <laughs> 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 it's the last time I did anything with it. <laughs> Mike, you, we, did, we asked this sort of question on, on, on Twitter, at Watford Podcast. Yeah. And uh, what, what did you get from the results on that? What do you, what do you, whether after the, the, the Villa game, what, yeah. did, what kind of vibe did you get from that? A lot of Watford fans are really, really keen on Peter Atebo. Because <laughs> it was just Atebo, 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 Atebo. It sounds like Kabaddi. It's only saying Kabaddi, Kabaddi, Kabaddi. That's a new game. I thought you were going to say you sound like one of those repetitive dance tracks that the youth start listening to. Atebo, 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 Atebo. A few grumbles regarding him today and I think he was a different player wasn't he shorn of his his mate in there uh, Kuchka so 
you know, I think I think he will be a good player. I think he will prove to be a, 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 a vital and and very very important, vital and very important. <laughs> as if two he's going to be well, doubly, yeah. He's going to be he's going to be big for us. So interesting to see if we ask the question again, which we may well do. Let's, let's see if people have reassessed a little bit. I, I agree wholeheartedly with with Jacob regarding Cucho Hernandez. You got to pick him, Mark. You got to pick someone different. Who are you going to pick for your different player? Who am I going to pick? So. I really enjoyed seeing Josh King out there, you know. I think we've talked in pre-season about players having something to prove and these these kind of rough diamonds who have slightly gone left when they should have gone right with their careers. I think he's one of those. He's had to wait to get into the side for whatever reason. And he came on, he looked determined and I think he looked sharp. And I think he could be one of those mean, focused strikers that, that gets us some goals. And... Jacob talks about away at Tottenham we're going to get less of the ball we are going to get less opportunities in the in, 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 in and around the, the final third as we play the better teams you've got to take your chances and I think if he gets if he hits a vein of form he looks like he could do the business he looks strong his touch looked decent he looked relatively sharp for someone who's had such a long time out of the game so I wonder whether he I wonder whether he might be uh, my new favourite um, so I'm going to sort of I want to go with him you know <laughs> I'm actually going to go with it <laughs> You're going to put his name on the back of your new shirt? I'll stick it on the back of Arlo's. <laughs> Arlo, who's your new favourite Watford player? I think King. Yes. Josh King as well. The parking family are big Josh, <laughs> Joshua movement. King fans. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Part of the Athletic Podcast Network. This is from the Rookery End. Okay, we've made it to the M25. Why don't we just talk about Cobham for a nice McDonald's? I think that's uh, Arlo in the back, more comfortable now. He's had his chicken nuggets. Um, definitely better than he was after the, the second goal. Michael, um, we've been flicking through the WhatsApp group. Uh, if you don't, we talk about the WhatsApp group quite a lot. If everyone knows, that's it. Basically, is me, Mike, Jason, DCW, Kieran, Geordie, and Colin. And we do talk about Watford. We talk about a lot of other really random stuff. So it's not a group you particularly want to be in. Uh, Kieran said some nice stuff. One, he seems to be ahead of us, Mike. He's sailed home already. Yeah. Also, he said you know, he, he hopes for Rose and Kiko next week. And he's never been hidden his views on Adam Messina. Isn't quite at this level. And I think we've certainly seen that for the last couple of games. Not quite at it. Brilliant last year, but was his backup for but was backup for Holibas for a reason. DCW sort of picked up on that. He says, I think it will take a while for Rose to be fit. I think maybe match fit for 90 minutes. But you hope, well, we might see him on, on, on Tuesday against Crystal Palace. But Jordy point, points something out very telling, I think. No one has had to work for any of the four goals we've conceded this season. I suppose it's good to have such an obvious weakness because we can focus on it and fix it. Mike, it's, it, it is one of those nice faults to have. And I have these weird feelings when after we, we lose a game. I'm sort, of, I'm sort of glad we lost a game now because... It gives you wake-up calls, doesn't it? Well, I'm definitely not glad. I'm still very, very disappointed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you know everyone's probably going to hear the phrase "back down to earth" with a bump quite a lot over the next 24, 48 hours. I think because that's what it was. Um, I think Kieran 
Kieran's point on Messina, I think you know he has been exposed a little bit over the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? And you would ask questions as to whether he is Premier League quality. Would another side in the Premier League see Adam Messina and think, I'd like him in my side? Probably not, is the answer. A mistake against Villa um, and struggled a little bit today. I think he would probably victim of the of the way what was happening in front of him to a degree. I thought there wasn't much protection. But yeah, so the query there. And, and Geordie's point is very prescient, I think, and probably, yeah, hones in on, on the issue that we've all probably agreed on during the course of today, which is that the defence causes itself some issues sometimes. Towards the end against Aston Villa, things got messy. It could have given away a third penalty almost, a second penalty and a third e- a goal and an equaliser right at the end against Villa, which would have been undeserved. Um, but they do seem to be able to tie themselves up in in knots, don't they? And, you know, we've been, what's it been, two or three hours since since the um, since the final whistle now. And I said, I think, to you on the way up, I wonder whether the setup will be a little bit more pragmatic. Jacob, after the game, questioned Cisco and said, Did, was he a bit naive in the way he approached the game? And, I, and we talked about square pegs in round holes. And having given it some thought, I wonder if we should have, whether we was a bit naive to perhaps try and replace Cusco with loser to completely different player and will it be a wake-up call for Cisco now you know there's a lot of we've talked a lot about the players this afternoon and we've 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 apportioned a little bit of blame here and there which I think is fine we're, we're entitled to do that but and you've mentioned wake-up call John I wonder whether it might be a little bit of a wake-up call for, for Cisco as well and it's like right if the the players I've got to play the system I want aren't available at this level shoehorning um, someone in to, to, to try and maintain the system when we haven't got the personnel available whatever the reason that may be is that sensible at this level I don't know because he might feel more comfortable with the system they've trained with the system yeah, yeah and it, it takes time I suppose is the other big thing it takes time it takes games um, it takes more training after that games and lovely reflection on what happens in the games and how you're going to tweak things but it, we do have another game very, very soon. It's, it's so championship feeling where we've got a Saturday and a game on Tuesday. There's only a few occasions that happens this time uh, in, the, in the Premier League season. But we've got this game against Crystal Palace in the Carabao Cup. For me, this is a very different second round game and an opportunity for us. Because Crystal Palace are, a, as you're aware, a Premier League level club. It, it doesn't feel like it's that thing where you, you, you put a, you know, let, let's throw Sierra out and let's throw Kiko in because they haven't played any games, we know they're fit. Let's get them some game time. The worry will be, oh yeah, but what if they get injured in that game? Well, I don't think it's going to be one of those dangerous games where we're going to be going up against somebody who is, you know, lower in the pyramid than we are and after their big scalp throwing in there being dangerous so I, I don't think I think it is going to be a really good opportunity for them but what do you want to see Mike who do you want to see in that starting lineup to benefit this this first team because most of the time we've seen basically anybody but the first team anywhere near a cup game I do think this is a big opportunity who would you want to see shine first and foremost I do think it will be interesting to see what we do do defensively because as we've discussed at length today I don't know what the options are really in that in that department so it'll be fascinating because he will definitely want to he won't want to play a first string first 11 because we've got massive game against Tottenham 
they'll need to rest and recuperate. It was a late kickoff on Saturday. They'll be late back, so it'd be interesting to see what they do defensively. Similarly, in midfield, I wonder whether... No, but defensively, I think the obvious one is you've got to play in Gakia. And Gakia and Rose, yeah. Well, not necessarily... Well, we don't know about Rose, but in Gakia, definitely, let's put him up against a Premier League side. If that's the thing he's lacking, as Jacob said earlier on, why isn't he being picked? It's not just let's play him and get, get some minutes. It's actually get some minutes against the Premier League side. And I think Sierralta in, in the in the mid in the centre, he needs to play as well. Just from that, he hasn't played for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. There's two other aspects to it to me. I think there's people who are yet really to kick a ball in anger for Watford. I think the key one for me is possibly Ashley Fletcher. Whether he might get a start up up front. We saw him today in Manlusa. He struggled. I think in midfield so whether it's a, uh, an opportunity for him to get some time in a yellow shirt playing in um, in a Watford side playing at Vicarage Road getting all these sort of things out of the way and under his belt and hopefully moving him forward a little bit but then I wonder whether it's, this is an opportunity for the club to get players on the pitch who perhaps their future is away from Vicarage Road because as it's you and Martin Navarro to play, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I'd like, you know, Martin Navarro's a professional footballer. I'd like to yeah. see him get game time from a professional point of view. So maybe we will see Martin Navarro. I think you're probably right, actually. Flippant comment, but I think we may well see him. But Domingos Kina, for example, linked to, linked to Bournemouth, whether that's on loan or, or permanent, you'd think perhaps he might get a game. And then, you know, some of the more troublesome, and I don't mean that in, the, in their behaviour, but they're troublesome in terms of the, the, the crossroads that are at in terms of their career and the two that really strike that really sit, stick out for me are, are Andre Gray and Isaac Success who find themselves in on one hand a enviable position because they're set up for life chunky big contracts and if they don't go anywhere then they'll still be you know made up from a from a professional and financial point of view, we'd all love that. But I'm sure they want to be playing football. They've got professional pride. But of course, at the moment, they're not playing football. They're not really in the shop window. Who is going to come in for these guys? Mm. Relatively yeah. significant wages, possibly. But, but after this game today, it doesn't feel like I want to waste the opportunity to put them in the shop window when there's there's still work to be done with the players that we know are going to be sticking around but so talk about actually talk about those two I've had a bit of a an annoyance I know this is a silly thing to get annoyed at Twitter because Twitter is just a constant annoyance of course remember you can follow us at Watford Podcast on Twitter Instagram and on Facebook um, people being very quick to you know, have a go at those boys uh, for what they dismiss feel them. they have yeah, dismiss them um, particularly I think looking at their value or not their value <laughs> what we paid for them uh, and thinking we paid too much and almost putting that onto them and I know we have had many frustrations in both those players maybe a little bit more maybe in different ways um, Andre because he never quite got anything really going on a regular basis but he did. he has played his role he has scored his goals that did something for this club you know, he's part of the FA Cup semi-final winning team. And I, my problem, and I've sort of got to know this over the last couple of months, my problem with Andre isn't with Andre. If we'd paid half the money for him, 
I would have been absolutely fine with Andre Gray. We overpaid for him for whatever reasons. Isaac is a different sort of frustration. It's actually there's that young player you wish could have done a little bit more for us, but more for himself. And seeing him blossom and seeing him move on, which has always been the Watford way, and it's most definitely also the Pozzo way for the last ten years. And he hasn't shone. He and I just I just don't like this sort of cheap, easy dismissing them just too quickly as the worst signing Watford have ever had. Did no one really remember Nathan Ellington? I think it's important that you we recognise the reality of how difficult it is to, to run a club. I think Isaac's success is a really, really fascinating case study and I think in, in years to come he'll be held up almost as the, as the poster boy of how things used to be done at Watford under the, under the Potsos, which is if you get a player that you think is going to come good, you give, them a good, you give them a good contract and often more than once and often without them necessarily have proving themselves and I think that's the case with Isaac's success he was in effect rewarded for not much with a pretty chunky contract certainly time wise you'd assume that the salary was good and and that to me says the reason they did that the reason they did that was because they saw a player there which we all did and they were I, I, I suspect nervous or wary of him hitting his straps delivering the Isaac success they thought they'd bought and then he didn't. He had six months left on his contract and went for less than he'd be worth. And I think that used to be the way that it was big contracts um, on the basis that some of them are going to come good, and therefore we will make money on them. And that's understandable, but gets quickly forgotten when, of course, you said, John, it was interesting. I can't remember quite the phrase you you used, but it's something like not doing enough for himself. Yeah. I think there was. He's obviously had injury problems, but it strikes me, and I've got no internal knowledge of this, but he, his attitude to me feels like he could have worked, worked harder, been more determined, been more disciplined, and would have given himself a better chance of showing the Watford fans and what, us why he was signed for, for 12 million quid. But it's, it is difficult, and it's, of course, once, once we know a player's going to leave, it's easy to sort of not care about them anymore, because when they haven't got the badge on, they're not really part of Watford, and it's on to the next. But I think it is a good opportunity. With these guys, especially Andre Gray and, and, and Isaac Success, they're good case studies of just how difficult it is to get it right, and just how difficult it is for a club like Watford to get it right, who have aspirations to be established in the Premier League at some stage and supporters have high expectations and and to do that you have to take a chance on players you know, we paid a lot for Andre Gray, it didn't come off but you can understand why he, he had good pedigree You know, he's played well against Watford um, uh, Isaac success is obviously a player we've spoken to people who have said he's a, he's a tremendous player but we've just never seen it and Owners, directors have to take these gambles if you're gonna if you're gonna make moves if you're going to um, be successful. And I think it's easy to forget nothing is certain in in football, and sometimes you can end up in tricky situations. And just because it's ended up being a bit tricky, it it doesn't sort of mean we can just say, well, that was a load of rubbish, terrible mistakes. 
hopeless, get him out. I think it's just a good opportunity to to stop and think of the intricacies of, of how hard it is for the club, for recruitment, and for the players themselves, who find, you know, many of whom now find themselves in limbo due to the sort of odd situation that the football, the, the backdrop that football's been playing against yeah. at, at the moment. So... Yeah, I think you're right. To, it's in, it's an interesting one that we don't think about enough, isn't it? What we think of our departing players and are we too quick to sort of discard them? You mean we shouldn't really treat these players like they're our ex-girlfriends where we just want to say, don't like her anymore, she's rubbish, I'm just going to leave you. <laughs> I didn't like you really much anyway. No, it isn't like that. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us on our journey to and from Brighton uh, on this uh, weekend edition of From the Recurrent. Uh, remember... As you are a listener to From the Rookery End, you get yourself a nice little discount as a, a subscriber to The Athletic. All you have to do is go to theathletic.com forward slash Rookery End, uh, where at the moment it's a third off. But have a look at that uh, and see if it's something that you would like to do. If you haven't done, I'm sure you can go along and, and just try it out for a few days. Get in there, have a look, uh, see the stuff that Adam's writing about Watford, as well as the entire team, uh, about all the major clubs. Uh, in the Premier League and of course across the world because you know the Athletic was originally an American site they cover all the North American sports baseball is coming to the end of the season the NFL is about to start so get yourself to the athletic.com forward slash rookery end to have a look uh, and of course on Thursday there'll be another from the rookery end this one with of course Adam Leventhal on our, our new Thursday podcast we've done midweek podcasts for a while but that was just because there were lots of midweek games. Uh, but we've got a, a podcast out every Thursday uh, with Adam, uh, and he's sharing the, the work he does and the insight he has from all the people he speaks to uh, around the club and beyond in football. And, of course, in that podcast, we will discuss that Carabao Cup second-round match against Crystal Palace. Thank you very much, Mike. No worries, John. Thank you for your company today. We'll... Uh keep the face I think is the uh, is the phrase lots to learn but there always is isn't there yeah. uh, thank you Jacob for his time uh, thank you very much uh, Arlo yeah enough said he's been in the back of the car with his iPad and his headphones on uh, and uh, yeah we've had a, a wonderful day out with a lot of other Watford fans and yes it was a bad performance yes the result wasn't what you wanted to but it was just a brilliant lovely day to be going away what it's all about never forget what it's all about getting out there watching the team you love with your mates never forget that never too high never too low come on you all The Athletic